Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Thanks, Harrys, for supporting Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California this morning on the line. Uh, two of my sisters, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. How how are you? How was Texas this weekend? You're it's, not quite... It's- Sorry. It's great. That's how it is. No, it's fine. It's we've had nice warm weather. It's uh it's no complaints. I went to the Fort Worth Stock Show Rodeo this weekend with a group of girls. Had a, a blast. Had a blast. If you haven't really? been to a rodeo, you should go. Never have. Okay. Okay. Leon in Pasadena, California. Any rodeos in your future? No, no rodeos. I did have some girlfriends over last night though. Uh it's my husband's out of town, so I thought, oh, I'll take advantage of that. I had a huggy girls' night out. I mean oh. I did it. I we had the fire going, I had hot tea, we had beef stew. I, I said in my email to my friends, hey, go ahead and, you know, wear your Uggs or your pajamas. And someone actually came in pajamas. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. kind of a cold, rainy night in Southern California. Well, cold for us. Okay. Minnesota, don't <laughs> want to hear about it. And uh, and so it was fun. Okay. There's my dog. Uh, someone's walking by. But <laughs> thank you. Oh, and I, and I met your dog for the first time this weekend. Yes. Because... I came out to see your dance performance, which I know we're going to hear about. But first, I came by to meet uh, Silky Steffi von Graf, yeah. who is who is delightful. She's a delightful girl. Yeah, this just happens to be your biggest barking hour of the week. So we're going to try to rearrange a few things. I got some people in the yard, but yeah, this is her heavy barking hour. So, but thanks to everybody who supported her barking on air. I appreciate that. We we have a big show today, Liz, as always. Um, As always. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the dance performance. You apparently have accomplished a goal you set for yourself six months ago. That's pretty good for you. I'm on the verge. On the verge. Well, when you hear what it is, you'll see that it doesn't take too much effort on my part. But it was still Liz, 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 do not diminish yourself. There we go. Come on. All right, Julie. Very good. Julie giving Liz a pep talk. Liz has another girl gang you can join if you want. Uh, how, How to recall your dreams, how to remember your dreams the next day. I don't really want to learn that, but Julie, you said you're interested in in that. Yes, I am. I'm trying to remember everything I possibly can about everything. So I might pick up some techniques that I could use when I'm awake for remembering things. Yeah. All right. Well, you're also going to fill us in on Russia, Russia, Russia. You know, we're Mm -hmm. so lucky to have a Kremlinologist here at the podcast. I mean, we are way out ahead on that. Who knew? And then uh, we have picks and pans. You have some picks and pans, Julie. And I yes, have some, I do. some TV recommendations. So it's a full show, as you can see. But um, let's start with me, shall we? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, we're, I'm di- I am dying to know, how was your big dance routine, Leon? Well, I, you know, I'm going to toss it to Liz. I can say, as the performer, I mentioned last week that I was doing something I hadn't done in 35 years, performing on stage in a dance number. And I had been rehearsing with a troupe of middle-aged, young to middle-aged to, to old women, actually, um, <laughs> a hip-hop number choreographed to Bruno Mars' 24 Karat Magic. And uh, we were the opening act of what was like a two-hour dance program. And Liz, I, I felt like I looked like Madonna, and that's the way I want to keep it. So if you're wondering, are there videos <laughs> or photos? No, 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 no. In my mind... I looked fantastic and did a great job. And I have to say, it was really fun to do, like brought back that old let's put on a show spirit that I loved about doing theater in high school. I was happy to meet those women, most of whom I didn't know before. And then the whole two hours, they went on to do ballroom numbers and Broadway numbers and all kinds of things. And I was like, good for you girls getting out there and doing this. So I enjoyed myself immensely, immensely. Okay, as the designated spectator who was briefed uh, multiple times on the strict no video policy, (laughs) because I I agree with Leanne, if you're Madonna in your head, that is good enough. Yeah. The last thing you want is something to tell you that "Mm, maybe you're not quite there yet. Uh, 
But what I loved about the whole show, well, I stayed for half of it, but that was going to say, I mean, given that Leon was in the opening number, which is very fortuitous. Yes. Luckily, there was also an intermission, Julie. That was fortuitous. But what what I really appreciated about it, uh, which Leon just touched on, was the spirit of these women just going for some fantasy they had that, you know, so Leanne is acting out her Madonna fantasy, but some of the others in Leanne's girl gang had solo numbers, Julie, uh-huh. where they came back. One woman came back. She was sitting next to me in what appeared to be like a Cinderella ball gown uh, <laughs> after she changed out of the Bruno Mars 24 karat stuff. Uh, she was in your group, right, Leanne? She- was she... She, she was not. Place? She was not oh, okay. actually in our group. But anyway, so she so she's got this Cinderella ball gown on, and she's definitely mid sixties. Yeah. I'm guessing. And I'm just curious, what is what? What's her deal? <laughs> she gets out there. She does a waltz to, you know, ten minutes ago. You know the song from Oh, I love that Cinderella song. the musical. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. romantic. Yes. It's a go. I met you. Da, da, da. Which I mean, I know all the words to that song. I don't know how, but I do. But I just loved the fact that she was uh, that that was her fantasy to actually be Cinderella and dance to a number from Cinderella with Leon. What was your dance instructor's name? Piero. Piero. Okay. Piero. So the women all dance with the professional. It's not like husbands and wives. It was so that's you get to dance with Piero, the dance instructor, and he <laughs> well, makes everybody look great. He He's does. Right? Yes, he does. That's obviously his job. And he was delightful as Prince Charming. But then a woman who was in your group came back to do her solo number. One of my all time favorite songs, September by Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah, she's in full on disco outfit. <laughs> yes, like sh- <laughs> yeah. shiny shirt and bell bottoms, Julie. Uh-huh. She, she's got glitter all over her eyes. She Have looked awesome, didn't she, Leanne? Pam looked great. And Pam is a nurse. She retired uh, eight months ago, and that's when she took up ballroom dancing. So she did our number, and then she went out there and she rocked it in sort of a disco-inspired quick step to, to September. Oh. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was fantastic. Totally rocked it. Rocked it so much that her husband, who was stepping in as the MC for this event, got up afterwards, and the first thing he said was, well, that was money well spent <laughs> because she was so sexy. Yeah. So anyway, all the way around, totally enjoy it. Leanne's number was great. And Leanne, as she said last week, was clearly the leader of the crew. There was a lot of lining up behind Leanne, do whatever Leanne is doing. Uh, the shoulder rolls. Uh, here's what I would say. Leanne was the one person in the crew who solidly could move both the top and the bottom of her body at the same time. <laughs> Sometimes people were doing the shoulder roll, which is hard. Like, there's no way I could do that. Body roll, yeah. Full body roll. Oh, body roll. Body roll. And But but their feet were just, like, in one spot because they were thinking, <laughs> okay, body, 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 top of my body. And then they would do something tricky with their feet, and the top of their body would just cease moving because now they were moving the bottom of their body. And, uh, but Leanne had both ends of her body going at the same time. It was fun to see you dance with your friend, Drew, who I've known for a long time, who was actually a nurse in Portland, Oregon with Monica Dolan. That's how we know Drew in the first place. Anyway, it was really, really fun. And one of the best parts, one of the best parts is you're sitting in a place that's actually called the Fred Astaire dance studio. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> like in a million years, I never thought that I would be sitting there watching Leanne do her thing at the Fred Astaire dance studio. So, so well done, sister. I Thank really, you. really enjoyed it. More yeah. dancing to come, Leanne? Is you know, this the I don't start? know if, yeah, I don't know if he's going to do another one of these Tuesday afternoon, learn the, learn the moves. But I have to say, when I saw that September number, uh, and, uh, or someone, there was another number to, uh, the Prince song, Liz, I don't know. You might've been gone when they did. Oh. I want to be your lover. That was another oh. great number. Um, I thought, 
huh, our 25th anniversary is coming up. I don't know. Maybe like a personal goal would be Barrick and I just, if I could just learn the choreography for that September number, I feel like that's all I need. I don't need to compete (laughs) at ballroom. Like my friend Barbara did it and she, she has, you know, she's probably 60 ish. Her, she, uh, her 24 year old son was there and her 27 year old son was there watching right in the front row. She did a great number. She came out right after our thing. Uh, Liz, she did that cute cha cha in the beginning where she tossed her sunglasses off. And oh, she yes, does, that was very cute. She doesn't <laughs> compete. She just likes to learn the dances. She just does it solely for herself. So, uh, You know, I don't really have any interest in competing at a ballroom level, but I do enjoy dancing and I like putting my mind. It's hard to learn those dance numbers. You really have to focus and concentrate. I think it's good brain work. Like it gets you out of your head. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. You miss Giroux, again, Nurse Giroux. She did a tango at the end that was sensational. I mean, it was fantastic. (laughs) Like... She was sexy and sassy, and she was so proud of herself, as she should have been afterwards, because it's complicated. Again, she's a nurse. She's not a ballroom dancer. So um, it was just, it was really fun. So if certainly if he does a number, another one of the Tuesday sessions, I'm in, because I really, I really enjoyed it. But now I'm sort of looking around, figuring out, okay, I don't want to really like dancing. So it's a lot of fun for me. And at this, more fun, right? (laughs) More fun. Yes. Just more fun. Let's have some more, more fun. fun. But I did get a hoot today. I read the near, in the New York Times, you know, fashion designer, uh, you know, extraordinaire. Fashion, he does everything. Isaac Mizrahi, right? He does a million things. He's been an art director, a fashion designer, a weight loss, you know, champion. He was a guest on Satellite Sisters. Did you know he's doing a cabaret show at the Carlisle in New York, like Bobby Short's old haunt, Isaac mm-hmm. Mizrahi has like a full-on cabaret show where he sings and dances and tells jokes and story tells. And they describe his show that his vo- vocal stylings like Liza Minnelli, which of course you can totally imagine that. Just <laughs> totally imagine that. Uh-huh. Basically screaming. And it's called, Does This Song Make Me Look Fat? Which is so funny. That's and good. I, I thought... Good for him. And he said in the interview in the, in the New York Times that he, he, he's full of fear and he fears boredom more than death. And I thought, okay, there you go. Like, there's a certain point in your life where you just have to go for it. And who cares who's yes, watching? That's inspirational. Not watching it well, is. I mean, but he's so, uh, he's so funny. and He I, is fun. I, yeah. Here's a little secret confession that, uh, as we all know, uh, the evening news has become so toxic I found myself uh, sort of uh, pre-election, election, and post-election not being able to watch a lot of television. And I found myself at night watching QVC. And, you know, he's always on. And here's the reason. He's always on QVC. And I couldn't. I was like, what is wrong with me that I'm watching QVC? I'm not buying anything at QVC. But I think what I like about it is it's there's just so much agreement on the show. You know, there's <laughs> there's no dissent. People are not yelling. They're not screaming. They're very positive. They they love everything. They love you know. And he's always got some new. <laughs> they shows. do love everything. On, <laughs> they they love, everything. love everything on QVC. I mean, it is, and I just found it calming at the end of the day to just watch a little QVC. And he was on talking about his cabaret show that was coming up. So uh, I hope he gets very good reviews and good for him for stepping out and doing something. Leon, perhaps a cabaret show is next in. Uh, who knows, next Julie? In- who yeah. knows? You know, he, he says in the New York Times article that making clothes or writing a book, even if the story is tragedy, if it's missing humor, I don't care about it. That humor is paramount. And I, I think that's what you get with him. A sense of fun, a sense of humor. It's why you like him on QVC. He's just, mm-hmm. yeah, just- I don't know. That's why, that's why I like doing Doing that dance thing with it was wacky. There was yeah, no one yeah. was taking themselves too seriously up there. It was wacky. No judgment. Yeah, that's no why there's just if there's ju- it's all positive judgment. Then maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so Fred Astaire Dance Studio in Pasadena is just the first step to Cafe Carlisle. And is that what you're thinking? <laughs> if I could only sing, Liz, it's always been my downfall in the musical theater world. The no singing yeah. portion, yeah. the terrible voice. So yeah. uh, that's, I don't even sound as Well, you good. really don't have to sing anymore in entertainment. And listen, all that- Emma, Emma Stone can't sing, Leanne. <laughs> look, look where it got her. Good point, Julie. Good point. Okay. Just, 
auto tune was invented for that. Okay, speaking of singing, that brings us right to what I am accomplishing. The which is um, something I believe I said on the show last June when I was talking about what I wanted to do with my life since I was walking away from my job, wasn't really sure professionally what I wanted to do, but some fun things I wanted to accomplish in my life. And one of them is that I said I would like to get my own personal spectator EGOT. Now, you know what an EGOT is? No, I don't. I'm I'm like Julian EGOT in showbiz. It's sort of the grand slam of show business. It It means you've won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Okay. And as you can imagine, there are not that many people who have ever done mm-hmm. that. Lin-Manuel Miranda might be on the verge of doing it in this year's Oscars. But a couple of other people, Richard Rogers did it, you know, not surprisingly. Rita Moreno, John Gielgud, Audrey Hepburn, Mike Nichols, you know, a few people like that. Well, obviously I'm not the performer, but as a spectator, as an attendee, I knew that of those four... The only one event I had never been to was the Grammys. Oh. And I said last I said last year, I I would just love to attend the Grammys someday. It's right here in Los Angeles. There's got to be a way I can do it. Because I did go, well, I, I went to the Emmys multiple times because I worked in television. The Oscars, Lee and I was thinking about this yesterday. I got invited to the Oscars and took you as my date. Yes. You were very, very pregnant at the time. Was that with your older son, Brooks? It was with Brooks. It was 22 years ago. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I was seven and a half months pregnant. So, okay. So, so I look good. Ago, I mean, I look good. I you look, look good. just like Natalie Portman. I really yeah, did. I know you did. I really did. <laughs> and then the Tonys, I don't know. I don't know how I got invited to the yeah, Tonys. Yeah, I didn't know it you'd been, been to the Tonys. Yes. Oh, oh I love the Tonys. The Tonys is so great, and the because uh, the performances at the Tonys are so like so spectacular. So good, yeah. Because again, they can sing and dance fully, yeah, yes. <laughs> fully singing and dancing. But I think even that, I think that was during my years at Nike. So that was the nineties. I I went to the Tonys. So out of the blue last week, a friend of mine who works in the hotel business and seems to always have some kind of special party, after party, pre-party going on at these things, emailed me and asked if I wanted to be her date to the Grammys, which is this Sunday in Los Angeles. Oh, fantastic, with James Corden hosting. Oh, great. Wow, that's going to be fun and such good people watching. I mean, the fashion is sort of uh, crazy, so that will be really fun. I think the fashion is so crazy that you don't even have to think about right. what you're wearing. You right? right. You can literally get away with anything at the Grammys. Whereas at the Oscars, you do have to kind of get super dressed up. Right. The Grammys, I think you just need to pull off whatever your your coolest look is, which I'm, I'm not sure I have one, but I have until Sunday morning to figure it out. Maybe but, you could borrow something from Leon's uh, Bruno Mars <laughs> dance routine. Did you routine. want my sequined baseball cap? Your hat. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Don't do it, Liz. Don't do it. But it's denim kind of with excited. sequins. It's pretty cool. Yes. Well, I have a photo of that, which Leon. You know, I want to make sure I was not the one that posted it. Yeah. It's Leon's choice what she gets to post. It is but, my choice. It is my choice. Yeah. Liz. <laughs> but uh, so Sunday night, the Grammys. They start at five p.m. here uh, on the West Coast. So it means you got to start getting dressed about two o'clock. Uh, but performers at this year's Grammys, uh, Beyonce is performing, Beyonce, Adele, your man, Bruno, Bruno Mars. Oh, great. The weekend. Oh, uh, Carrie Underwood, Keith Urban, and a country singer who apparently everybody has heard of, but me, Kelsey Ballerini, never heard of her, but they're making a big deal about that. Then, um, the uh, Cynthia Erivo, who you know, who was in the cast of The Color Purple, which I just saw on Broadway. Um, Cynthia Erivo and John Legend are doing the music for the In Memoriam section, oh. so that should be very interesting. Anyway, so that's it for me, girls. Egot. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is, that's pretty good. Because it's not that like is... you're an actor or a singer. Like right. oh. you're a spectator. Oh. You're truly a spectator. Yeah. Oh. I... 
but I'm an excellent spectator. I really, really enjoy live performances of anything. So, and the fact that it's James Corden hosting just makes it, you know, even more fun because he's totally the triple threat. Right. You know, he's been on Broadway. He sings, he dances, he's funny, he's everything. So, um, yeah, here's the dirty little secret about these big events. When you watch them on TV, you think it's only celebrities there because they only show the first 10 rows. And, uh, you know, they're all celebrities. But everybody else in the arena, this is at the Staples Center, they're just corporate hacks like me. They're people that... (laughs) People no, that, no, Liz, you're in a special category. Once again, you're putting yourself down it's twice <laughs> on this podcast. No. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to do some self-esteem building here, Liz. I can see that. No, okay. you're a special person, and you're a special spectator, and you're going to the big event. And who better to represent yes. than you? So I'll have a complete report uh, on, uh, on next week's show, which should be good. So that brings me just to a super quick uh, Operation Sea Turtle with the twist update. Uh, the good news is things are going swimmingly with Operation Sea Turtle. Oh, good. Um, I've really been on the straight and narrow. I even, I declined what was going to be an awesome Super Bowl party just because I felt like it's just too long a time around too much food and drink. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, so I declined that. I'm happy I made that decision. I was back at uh, Deepwater Aerobics on Sunday, and I realized what is so great about Deepwater Aerobics, and I just want to pass this along to people who think, like, no way, no way I'm doing that, just too embarrassing. It's so not embarrassing. Okay, the bathing suit part, if you have reservations about that, yes, you do actually have to get in some kind of swim gear to get in the pool. But once you're in the pool... Nobody can see you from your neck down. Right. So like a really solid hour of exercise, but nobody can see your body. They can't see if you have the steps right. They can't see. So it's actually like the best possible way to go get some exercise, even if you're not so sure you want to put yourself out there. So that would be the good news I would pass along about Operation Sea Turtle. The bad news is, well... First of all, my Fitbit doesn't seem to recognize an hour of deep water aerobics. Yeah. I only got 22 minutes of credit uh, for that, so that's not good. And the other thing that's not good, I woke up this morning, no Fitbit on my wrist. Oh, oh happened? I can't Where find it. it. It's on the bottom it. of the pool or something? I, I don't know. I you think it's, it? a, I think I it's know. actually at Staples. I was at Staples. <laughs> Several times yesterday. Oh. And I'm thinking maybe it fell. Anyway, I tore all the sheets off my bed. I thought, oh, it must have just fallen off. No. Anyway, so, um, but Operation Sea Turtle with the twist, uh, going swimmingly. That's all I'll say. Good report. Good report, Liz. Well, sisters, I have to tell you, I got a phone call the other morning at 8.15 in the morning from my dentist. Not my, not the dental assistant, not the dentist's office, but my actual dentist called me on the phone. Now I had been in three weeks before for, for, uh, you know, just your regular, uh, teeth cleaning and x-ray and she called, you know, I, I didn't recognize the number, but I picked it up and she said, hi, this is, uh, you know, Celeste. And, and in that moment, I just thought, oh my gosh. I, you know, she's looked over my x-rays. I have some fatal tooth decay. <laughs> I mean, no, but does your dentist call you on no. the phone? No. 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 So I, I'm, but I was trying to stay calm. You know, I just, oh, hi, how are you? But just, I had a total freak out panic moment. And she, then she said, well, I just want you to know. And I was like, what? What is it? <laughs> she said, I ordered six copies of your book. Because I want to give them out to Val- on Val- near Valentine's Day to my girlfriends and to my partner here at the office as a gift. And would you come and sign the books uh, for my friends? I said, wow. Oh, my gosh. Is that that's a nice so nice. Thing? That is the real. best. She is the best dentist. She is. If you are in the, the sound of my voice and you're in the Dallas area and you want a great na- a great dentist, just s- send me a note because she is she is wonderful. Um, and uh, but she wanted she's 
because she practices with another doc dentist and she's going to give one of the books to the dentist. So she didn't want to make the call from the office. So she, that's why she called so early in the morning. Uh, but it's a nice reminder that our book, You're the Best, is an excellent little Valentine's gift that you can give to your girlfriends, to your to your partners, to whomever. And that's right around the corner. So how about that? And it's not food, Liz, or chocolate or anything yes, right. or anything fattening. Leon, it's not flowers. Doesn't make you sneeze. No sneezing. You know, nope. No sneezing. It's a very fine gift. Yeah. Gluten-free. Yep. <laughs> That is a great idea. All right. <laughs> Valentine's Day, right around the corner. That was that's so nice of your dentist. Isn't that nice? It yes. really is. That's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. That's the, nice. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a good reminder that we need to take a break here and thank one of our actual sponsors. Uh, we have a product from Harry's we want to talk about. So we're going to take a little break right now, tell you about that, and we will be right back with more Satellite Sisters. Hi, Lee and Liz Injuries, and thanks, Harry's for supporting our show. And we're back. All right. As Leon said at the top of the show, we're the only podcast in the world with an in-house Kremlinologist, <laughs> which we used to think was just like a nice feature of Satellite <laughs> Sisters, something that was really kind of unique and special. But now having a Kremlinologist on Satellite Sisters is sort of fundamental to the survival of our democracy <laughs> yes it is so essential russia, so russia, julie, russia. Dolan, did you, julie did you ever think that russia would be front page news every single day even after you moved back from moscow no to the i United had no States? idea no okay. idea i mean it's back in the news this week of course because there was another journalist a dissident uh, a critic of vladimir putin a guy named vladimir karamurza who is now in a coma um, after attending an exhibit to commemorate yet someone else who was killed, who was shot in the back on the bridge right by the Kremlin, this Boris Nepsov. Okay, so he was he was at this exhibit um, that was commemorating Boris Nepsov, and he came home and he told people he didn't feel well. Well, guess what? He's been poisoned. Uh, yet wow. another poisoning. I wow. just... And I went back into the Satellite Sisters vaults because I was like, how many years have we been talking about Russians, you know, the Russian government or agents of the Russian government poisoning dissidents and Mm -hmm. journalists? Um, And, you know, 2006 uh, was when um, uh, Lipvinensko, if I said his name right, who was an FSB officer who fled to London because he was a dissident and he spoke out against Putin and he feared for his life. So he came to Great Britain and he was having tea at the Millennium Hotel right next to the, the U.S. embassy there. And uh, But his tea was laced with polonium-210, which apparently is very poisonous. And so they poisoned him. You know, Anna Politskaya was a journalist and she used to report on on Chechnya and some of the atrocities done by the Russian government in Chechnya. She was poisoned on the plane coming back. It's just so incredible to me that, you know, that this is sort of done in broad daylight. You know, I mean, right, right. It's not I mean, it's a terrible way to die. Uh, and that that is their weapon of choice is poisoning. You know, I mean, Nems. Yeah, it seems messy. You know, yes. poisoning seems like a lot of things could go wrong. It's just not right. right? Well, I consider, mean- consider Rasputin, who is one of, you know, he was the monk, the mystical faith healer, the trusted friend of uh, the last czar of Russia. They tried to poison him. They poisoned the pastries and they poisoned the wine and uh, but he didn't want the pastries because they were too sweet. And I don't know if he a- actually drank the wine, uh, but they then had to shoot him and they had to beat him and throw him into a frozen river before they killed him. So mm-hmm. you're right. Lee. There is just it's such an odd method of murder yeah. that doesn't, you know, that doesn't the guarantee success. But yet they, that's exactly what they keep doing is poisoning mm-hmm. people. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, it just seems to be like a go to thing to murder their enemies right? right yes that's a these are you know there is so little political dissent in russia 
and that that these you know are the leaders that have stepped forward to to you know make to make criticisms of the Putin administration, and they're all ending up dead in in just such very you know sort of blatant uh, dramatic ways. I mean. Uh, you know, the, that Boris Nemtsov, I mean, they, they, I mean, that's like a tourist picture. It's as if they killed someone on Pennsylvania Avenue. They killed mm-hmm. him right. They just shot him in the back, right, mm-hmm. you know, right next to the Kremlin. So uh, I, I just, I, I understand our president thinks he's a deal maker and feels like he can deal with, with Putin. I would say do not eat or drink anything when you're, <laughs> you're going to Russia. Bring your own food, you know. I mean, it's just crazy. So, and, and a terrible thing. It's just yeah. so terrible and so shocking. And, uh, you know, it is, but it is indicative of the Putin administration. So, right. It's just how they roll. Well, maybe we can appoint Steve Bannon to be taster or something. I don't know. The- <laughs> I'm sorry, I take that back. I know we're trying to stay away from cheap, cheap Come on, it's too easy. Shots. It's too easy. Come on. Liz. Too easy. You said right, we have there. to laugh. We have to laugh a little bit. We have to laugh a okay. little bit, right? Yeah, okay. you got to laugh a little bit. So, okay. Anyway, uh, so I'm very sorry for, you know, for uh, for this uh, last person who died, Kara Mertzov, Vladimir, you know, that's very, uh, well, he hasn't died, but he's in a coma. So they, you know, they don't, don't feel like he's going to recover. He's had complete organ failure. So... Mm. All right. Well, uh, moving on, I have, for those of you who have been inspired by the fact that Leon joined a gang um, <laughs> or her, her dancing girl gang or Leon, when I first read this, I actually thought, well, if you do have more time on your hands, here's another gang you might want to join because this has you written all over it. This is a story from the Wall Street Journal last week. And... Uh, the headline is My Ride, Moped, the world's most analog vehicle. Oh, my and gosh. We laugh because when we were teenagers, especially when Leon was a teenager, mm-hmm. our parents bought one moped, which, like, all the five girls were supposed to share. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, not, seriously, not an automobile. Right, yeah, right. The boys no, got cars. The south of France, either, did yeah. we? Sis? <laughs> the boys got cars, and then our father brought home like a single moped and said, "You girls work this out." And we all had like <laughs> summer jobs to get to and everything. Yes, I yes. mean, we had to like. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean that was it. One moped, five girls. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I I use that moped all the time. I know yeah. you did. That's why I thought of you when I yeah. saw this. Because here's what it's about, Leanne. You may not know, but according to the Wall Street Journal, about 20, I'm, I'm reading now, about 20 years ago, a strange pocket of culture began to crystallize around mopeds. Okay. In every major city now, there are moped gangs. It's all pseudo-organized by something called Moped Army. So this story is written by Carrie Schreck, who's a photographer and editor uh, here in uh, L.A., And uh, here are just some of the moped gangs that have sprung up in the moped army. In Sacramento, California, you can join the Land Squids. Uh, Richmond, Virginia, the Smog Squad. The Motor Motor City Riot, of course, Detroit. And she personally is part of a gang right here in Los Angeles called the Gaskets. Good names. Yes, they... You know, names are very important in this, these gang things. But, you know, of course, other gangs have sprung up in Portland, Seattle, Boston. She's ridden in Copenhagen with the Tufelskirle, <laughs> which might go along with your hygge. Hygge. sounds Should you be in Croatia, you can ride with the Tomas Riders. And she writes that in New York City one time, 50 of them got together and stormed Times Square together on mopeds and they all got pulled over. But there's no way that a cop is going to write 50 tickets to to young ladies on mopeds. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's important to know these are not hipster bikes. This is about finding old machines and making them work. So Uh 
you know, they're sort of they ha- it's sort of a Mad Max quality to the actual vehicles they are on. They've kind of rebuilt and recreated super simple uh, mopeds. Oh, that we had the pooch moped. Remember the classic pooch? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a couple well, of years ago when my kids were in high school, I started looking up used mopeds because I was like, I think you're really going to enjoy the moped. And uh, my I couldn't sell my older son on a moped. And now he regrets it. You know, now that he's, I guess at 15, it didn't look awesome. But at 21, it looks awesome. I'm like, you could have had a moped. You wanted a car yeah. instead. But yeah, no. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, they're well, not she cheap. Said, they're, they're not cheap. But no. if you put them together yourself, it cuts down on the cost. Yeah. Oh. So, so she currently rides what she calls a Franken bike because it's part 1973 Motubacan, you know, the, oh, one yeah. of the brands from France. And well, what year would it have been? 1973-ish? That you? No, it would have been later. No, it's later because it we had when like were you a in high school? 78 one. Because then we, yeah. you know, then my brother and I shared it. Brandon used to yeah. drive it to high school in the winter in Connecticut. It's not really a snow vehicle, but <laughs> so he used to. I would look out from my high school and I would see him bombing through our parking lot to go to his high school with like a ski helmet on and ski goggles and like a big jacket <laughs> on a moped in February. <laughs> yeah. So that was in the early 80s. I mean, we maximized yeah. that moped, but yeah, we used it, man. We used it. Anyway, so one warning for riding in Los Angeles that she provides, you know, um, her bike, she said, it runs hot and messy. Gets about 45, uh, gets up to about 45 and gets close to 80 miles per gallon. So that's pretty good. But uh, people in L.A. get very annoyed when they're stuck in traffic behind a moped. Yeah. And but, you know, she's in a gang. She's part of the moped army. So uh, she said, I have punched my share of rearview mirrors. I have been known to reach into people's cars and show these drivers how the blinkers work. Like, <laughs> wow. See, if you push here, okay. everything that goes up. So I'm all for that. You know how strongly I feel about blinkers. And uh, I have also been known to pick up litter and hand it back to people. So anyway. <laughs> wow, she sounds tough. I don't know. They're pretty She's tough. She's empowered. She, she is. is. Carrie Shrek is her name, and she is making it happen on the world's most analog vehicle. But I liked the I liked the satellite sisterhood aspect to this, and because of our history um, as the satellite sisters with mopeds, I just think we should put this on the table for the okay. future. <laughs> Get to work, Lynn. Okay. Okay. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention: a story that I read. Um, this is in the New York Times Magazine from a couple of weeks ago. You know, people always talk about their dreams and what do they mean. But then a lot of people will always say, well, I never remember my dreams. Do you guys remember your dreams? Sometimes. I remember parts, parts of them, yes, but not okay. the whole thing. Yep. Okay. Well, here's from Harvard Medical School, sisters. If you want to remember your dreams... Here's how to do it. Talk about analog. This is pretty darn analog. So uh, this guy, Robert Stickgold from Harvard Medical School, says that the the dream deprived, they nod off quickly, sleep soundly, and emerge from sleep fully awake. So if you're not remembering your dreams, it's because you sleep too well. You know, the key to remembering your dreams is apparently waking up. So step number one according to this guy, is before you go to bed, drink three full glasses of water. <laughs> That'll do it. I mean, you don't really have to even drink that much. But no, okay, yeah. Okay. And, and he says beer and wine do not count because they suppress REM sleep. But just three solid glasses of water because that will force you to get up and go to the bathroom. And middle-of-the-night awakenings are frequently accompanied by dream recall. So uh, remember that. Uh, Step number two, this sounds crazy to me. He recommends before you go to sleep, three times say out loud to yourself, I'm going to remember my dream. Wow. And you click your heels when you're when you're saying that? <laughs> I don't know. I hope you live alone, at least, if you do that. Hmm. And uh, and then, of course, keep a notebook and pen by your bed. because yeah. that. But by saying to yourself, I'm going to remember your dreams, it establishes recall as a priority. 
And really, when you're lying in bed, all the things that rush through your mind during the day, that's evolutionarily, this is a time when your brain is trying to figure out what to work on when you're asleep. So um, so the pre-sleep to-do list actually does make a difference to what's happening when you're asleep. And then, okay, step number three, when you wake up, do, do not open your eyes, do not move, do not say a thing. Any sensory perception or movement could wipe out any memories you have. And you know how that is? Like you start to tell someone about a dream and in the telling you're forgetting. Right. And so that's what he says. If you roll over and say to your spouse that you just had the coolest dream, you're going to lose it. So the trick is to stay half asleep and replay what you remember in your mind. As you replay it while awake, it gets stored differently. Like it's putting it in a different part of your brain. So now you will be able to remember it and a whole other chunk might even pop into your head. So just lie there for a few minutes, sink back into the dream and gather more and more detail. And he predicts that after two weeks, if you tell yourself to remember your dreams every night, you drink all the water and then you do that in the morning. Do not wake up. Only wake halfway up that 80% of people who said that they initially never dream uh, would say that they do it now. So try that. Are you going to try that? <laughs> I don't have that much interest in remembering my dreams. So Really? No. The three glasses of water. I'm out. Liz. Yeah, that, I, I wake up enough yeah, as it really, is. I, yeah, I mean, I, I give up enough sleep. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'll okay. do steps two and three, but I'm not doing the first step, okay? <laughs> well, it sounds like you don't really need the first step. Because, I mean, if you're waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom anyway, then whatever. Okay. Well, <laughs> even if my sisters don't try this, you at home, if you would like to try it, tell us about it in the Facebook group. I think the, uh, I think the results would be interesting. There yeah, you go. I would, I would like to know. I'd like to know. I'd like to know if someone really tries this, if they feel like it, it helps. So, uh, Okay. Well, All right. Harvard Medical School says it helps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Liz. Okay. Liz, we're just not interested in remembering our dreams. It's I not a crime. It. I just <laughs> self knowledge, just not that interesting to yeah, you. You know, it's self consciousness. That's fine. Just no. leave it there. I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can we turn to talk about some perennial February picks and pans? Sure. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with some pans because this past week uh, was Groundhog Day, uh, you know, uh, Gobbler's Knob. They brought the animal out, brought brought him out to see if he could predict the arrival of spring, and they had a big crowd there. They get like thirty thousand people come to Punxsutawney, uh, Pennsylvania. You know, of course, it's very famous because of the movie, which we love with Bill uh, Bill Murray. But did you realize, and I, I've never picked this up before, I always thought, uh, that obviously, I do not think the groundhog can predict the weather. Okay, I want to stipulate <laughs> that right off. Okay, you got that. But I did believe, as part of this celebration, that they lifted the groundhog out of his little uh, little cubby there. And then there was some actual reading of whether or not he could see his sh- shadow or not see his shadow on that particular day. I yeah, thought isn't that's that the whole uh, deal? No, no. You know, the people with the hats, the big hats, the, punk, the Punks and Tawny uh, group that organizes Groundhog Day, they decide ahead of time. They're sitting inside. They have a little meeting and say, okay, this year, six more weeks of, of winter or, or not. It's There's really? no actual. Yes. It's a scam? It's, it's kind of a scam. Is that, That's what I, I saw this on a news report where it was reported that they don't actually use the animal to measure whether or not he sees his shadow. They may, they decide that ahead of time. They just look and see if they see their own shadows, presumably. Right, or something. But that's, yeah. a, that's a total... I'm okay, have that's to, a rip-off, Julie. I'm going to have to pan, pan Groundhog Day from now on. But I not mean, the movie, I, just the actual day. Just the actual day. Leave, leave the poor animals in their little cubbies there, you know? Why, why are you even dragging the animal out if you're not, like, actually measuring whether there's any shadow cast, you know, from, from the animal? I don't, I don't get that. Okay, so that, okay, that's pans. one of my pans for February. Okay, second 
perennial pan for February is yes, indeed. It's time for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, sisters. Oh, yeah, that is yeah. our perennial pan. Yep. Yes. Yeah, we just, and this year it's even worse. You know why? Because now we have two generations. There is going to be a picture of Christy Brinkley posing in the magazine with her two daughters, all in bathing suits, as if to give this some respectability. <laughs> now we have. Well, there is no respectability with the swimsuit issue. Okay. It's just, it has made me mad for years and years and years and years. And it keeps making me mad. And it's February again, and I'm mad. Okay. Yeah. I think other than Russians poisoning uh, each other, this could be your number one issue that you've returned to (laughs) year after year after year. And we support you on this, Julie. We do. Okay. It's just just an insane thing. It's an it's a pan. Okay, so let's turn. Although to Christy picks. Brinkley looks pretty great, I mean, she's good. She looks pretty good. She's she sixty two. Yeah. I am not criticizing the women. The okay. women look beautiful. Yeah. They're you know they look great in their bathing suits. It just does not belong in a magazine that's supposed to be about sports. Okay, okay. that's Excellent. Uh, I'm okay. With you. That's that's okay. Thank you. Okay, let's go to one of the picks. Westminster Kennel Club, the dog show okay. starts. It's going to be on thir- the 13th and 14th. And it's going to be, you know, exciting this year. Uh, there are three new breeds. There's a hairless terrier. And before you say anything, it's a pretty cute little little dog. I have to say that. So good if you have allergies or something like that. Then there's a dog that you just, as a name, he should win. It's called a sloogie. It's kind of a greyhound looking dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, that's a new breed. And then there's some, uh, a third breed called a pumi, which is not to be confused with the puli. Who, that's who all the betting odds are that the, there is a pooley that won some competition in Orlando and they really feel like this dog can go all the way. <laughs> so we're going to be watching for that. So that is that's all exciting. That's, that's, a, that's a solid pick. I, I do have one caveat and I'm almost, I'm almost afraid to tell you this because the, the competition is on the 13th and 14th. Uh, they do also have an agility co- competition. But for the first time in, and I'm sorry, I didn't uh, write this down. I mean, the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show is like 127 years old. They are going to have cats this year, Leanne. Cats! cats. I saw that. I, I know. You, did you see this? At the Meet the Breeds. This is the, uh, the, on February 11th. This is when, you know, you can go around and see all the different breeds. They are going to include cats. Now, first of all, I just think that's such a bad idea to have all those cats and dogs. I, I just, right. That so, seems crazy. It does seem crazy because yeah. these dogs are the most doggy dogs of their breed, right? Yeah. They are the purest of their breed. They're supposed to be the best specimens. So if you're a dog that likes to chase cats, they're going to have... You know, just the dog that likes to chase cats more than anything at the Westminster Kennel Club. So, but the cats are going to be there. I don't know. It seems I, like pandering, but uh, it does. to the, <laughs> you know, it does. but it's, you know, cats, people love their the, cats. People love their cats. I just saw cats had their own cat shows. Like, yeah. Are the cats going to do anything? No, they're just going to be this. Uh, they're not competing. They, but but on February 11th is Meet the Breeds, where they have an exhibition hall where you can visit and see all the different kinds of breeds. And at that event, they are including cats, Liz. See, in the marketing world, Julie, this is what we would call a brand extension. Yes. This is when you decide that having mastered dog world, you're now going to extend your brand into cat world. And it's super risky, just from a pure <laughs> marketing point of view. Because, you know, you got to sort of draw the Venn diagram of the cat circle and the dog circle and like the people in the middle there. Are those the people you want? People that eh, we're OK with dogs. We're OK with cats. Yeah, let's throw them all together. You know, you just got to wonder about that. I, again, I have nothing about cats, nothing wrong with cats. And But I'm sure that cats do have their own show, right? Like what is the cat equivalent of the Westminster dog show that must exist. But anyway, clearly they're trying to like crush those people, crush the cat people and just take over the whole world of pet shows. That's my, that would be my observation just as a, as a business person. Risky. Yeah, it's risky. Cats, cats and dogs. I mean, just say that. It doesn't sound like a good idea. It sounds like a funny animated film though. 
So maybe, you know, yes. maybe we'll get that out of it. So that would be good. Okay. And here's my final pick, which is just a lot of good. It's just good times. It's time for the HGTV dream home. You can enter the contest to winning to to win a stunning retreat on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. So (laughs) this is something Monica and I do every single year. We enter to win the dream home. We're never going to win, but we like to do it and it makes us happy. So uh, you might want to get in on that while you can. Okay. I saw okay. I saw a promo for that on TV the other day, and it was something. Looks like a beautiful place. It's just it's so far from Los Angeles. I but know. It's so, a retreat, Liz and Leanne. <laughs> just it's just, and okay. you get a car, and you get cash. Uh-huh. Think about it. Okay, you get, God, a, mo- you get a moped. No, no St. No, Simon's is very pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful, but it is. It's, yeah, you're right, Liz. Anything that's like an island, oh, it seems really far away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just one extra. Mode of transportation, but I go, so go for it, Julie. What we're saying is there will be no competition from us. So, <laughs> okay, I have a couple of TV recommendations. Um, the first is a National Geographic program called Gender Revolution that is hosted by Katie Couric, and it's a two-hour special. I taped it this weekend and watched it, and it's really a fascinating look at the idea of what is gender versus sexuality and sort of breaking down all different kinds of things like transgender and intersex and how the brain works and how the body works when these things happen. And if you have any interest in kind of gender fluidity or what's happening or the gender movement, I thought Katie Kirk did a fantastic job sort of being being me or being the audience and asking all the right questions that you would want to ask. And, uh, and I just would recommend it. They're replaying it this weekend. So you can check your local listings as they say, but if you're interested in that, it's a very good show. Liz, have you seen it? Yes, I watched it. And then last night I also, they also did a live, a Facebook live event with Katie and a number of the people who were in the show taking questions from the public. And that was also really well done and really interesting. It's something that National Geographic had been working on for a while. The whole January issue of the magazine. Uh, or the cover story of the January issue was about gender revolution also. You know, there's just, there's a lot of new science. Obviously, there are a lot of people speaking out now about their gender identity or the way they feel about um, their gender identity. It wouldn't have happened a generation ago. But I think everyone, including Katie, which is why I think she was so great, is like, wait a minute, what? Or can you explain that to me? And so the, because part of it just seems like uh, sort of hard to, uh, it's hard to put yourself in that world if, if you are not in that world. And it does feel also like the change is coming very quickly. And I think people have issues with that. Like, oh, this is all just some big made up thing, you know? And uh, so she does uh, address some of that. Yeah, no, it's a terrific show. I I enjoyed the cover story in the magazine and and it's just something that's it's out there on college campuses and high school campuses now, so it does maybe have the feel that it's it's more of a movement than science, but you know, when you look at the numbers in terms of how many kids are born intersex with both genitalia and and how testosterone and estrogen work and how the brain functions, there is a lot of science behind it that can sort of help you to understand the experience. So I thought yes. it was a terrific program. So if you're interested in that, you can, you can watch it or tape it this weekend. Um, now, the other one is something much like you in the Home Shopping Channel, Julie, that I just stumbled upon when I was doing some household tasks and I just had the TV on. And normally I wouldn't watch a show called The Kids Baking Championships, but <laughs> it's on the Food Network. Okay. First of all, Julie, fantastic show for your grandchildren. All right. So if if you're looking, I know they don't watch a lot of TV, but this is like Uh good family fun and enjoyable and they will love it. So if you have them for the weekend and, you know, you can sneak a couple episodes in, I'm telling you they will love this show. But Liz, this is also a show for you and me. And I got to tell you why. Okay. The show is hosted by that Duff guy, the Ace of Cakes, Duff Goldman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and like Valerie her. Bertinelli, who is one of those people you cannot not like. I mean, Valerie Bertinelli. 
She's great. All right. And at first I was worried that it was going to be like the Little League World Series where everyone cries at the end when they don't win. But no, yeah. Valerie Bertinelli is so nice that the kids don't cry. But it is run just like Top Chef or any cooking competition. They start with 12 kids. They get an assignment, secret ingredient, this and that. But they give the kids plenty of time to make the stuff. It's not, they don't really play beat It's not the clock. so tense. No. Yeah, they don't. Okay, good. And like, if they're starting to melt down, like they do, like Valerie Bertinelli will come over and say, come on, you can do it. Like she gives them pep talks and everything. But here's the thing about the kids baking championship. They are terrible bakers. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so it's like me being in a baking championship. I'm a terrible baker. So a couple of them can really bake, but most of the kids, what they end up with is just a monstrosity. So... (laughs) It's just, it's not cooked, it's burned, it's not mixed. Like, when you watch Top Chef, very rarely do the judges, like, make a face like, this tastes terrible. But (laughs) the kids making championship, things taste terrible. (laughs) Because they're, like, 10-year-old kids, they just put a million decorations on it. And and they put together... Terrible flavor combinations. Ooh, <laughs> lemon and chocolate. That tastes disgusting together. And everything's tie-dye. And everything's... It's just... It literally made me laugh out loud yesterday because these kids are so adorable. But they're also just kids. So they'll say, like, this is disgusting. And <laughs> just... Okay, I'm going to give that a whirl, Leah. Give it a I don't usually it's... like contests, and I thought the idea of uh, children in contests made me even more nervous. Yeah. I thought, oh, you don't need more tense kids, but if they're having a good time, that's They're having fun. a good time, and, you know, they do those cutaways like they do in Top Chef or any food show where they're talking directly to the camera. What They're just saying, you know, usually, like, what's your inspiration? Well, they're 10, so they'll say things <laughs> like, well, my inspiration for this tie-dye cake was the T-shirt I made at summer camp, you know? <laughs> Just ridiculous things. Or, well, you've been cut. You know, what are you going to do now? Well, I don't know. Maybe the White House or space or the Olympics. I don't know. Maybe anything. (laughs) It's like very, very positive. But the food is just unbelievable. And I don't understand. It's called the Kids Baking Contest. But they make cakes every week. Like they, so no. I know that. So no cookies, no, no short rolls no. or no. anything, nothing. No, I mean, no. mainly they make cakes. A couple weeks, I, well, I watched like four episodes the other day. So a couple weeks, there was one week where they didn't make a cake. But even if, I guess because Ace is the, is the Ace of Cake, or Duff is the Ace of Cakes, or maybe because cakes looks <laughs> You get to decorate them heinously. I don't know. They make like cakes out of pancakes, cakes out of waffles, cakes out of this, <laughs> cupcakes. Oh, my gosh. It just made me laugh because these kids cannot bake. And it's it's fantastic. So I appreciated it because I can't bake either. And like, oh, it's great. So, Julie, your grandkids would love it. Uh, okay. But, Liz, I think you, you being a non-baker like me, you would appreciate it too because they're just so positive. Almost no one cries. Like occasionally there are a couple of tears. They do things like they turn on the mixer and the batter goes all over their face. <laughs> Oops. You've done that, Leah. That's a surefire hit. Surefire. <laughs> I don't know. I've never cooked with passion fruit. How bad could it be with chocolate? They're not good. It's not going to be good with chocolate. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Or in the cupcake competition, one girl... They were like, well, this isn't really um, frosting. She's like, yeah, I know. It's kind of a glaze. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what I would do. I would, I would not be able to make frosting. Just call it something else. Yeah. And there's one little girl, Julie, Audra, Audrey, Audra. She looks, She reminds me of Alice a lot. So tune in. Okay. It's happening now. It's 12 weeks. It's on Monday nights. But I'm sure with the Food Network, they just... They replayed like six episodes yesterday. So it made me laugh. So there you go. Just something fun to watch. Okay. All right. Wow. We have had a very full show, but there were a couple of things from the Facebook group that uh, that I wanted to mention. First, uh, a thank you to Stephanie. I know we, we talk a lot on the show about how all the mail comes to me and uh, and then it goes nowhere from there. But um, 
I got a book last night from Stephanie that I just wanted to mention. She wrote it. It's called Golden Angels, a Pet Loss Memoir. And it's a really cute, sweet book. And Stephanie, I love your author photo. You look like your golden retriever. Uh, the uh, the it, it's a pet loss memoir, but with a culinary connection, sisters. So it's thirteen different essays about loss, but then to make you feel better, thirteen delicious recipes at the end of uh, of every chapter. So, and she, Steph wrote me a very cute note that said, I started listening about a year ago. She was researching podcasts and found out about Satellite Sisters. So it's one of two that I actually subscribe to. Um, I was deeply saddened to hear that you had to let Ferris go. I want to share my little book with you. Um, really beautiful. Stephanie, thank you. As I will post a picture of the book um, in the Facebook group. And then we'll also, every week we do show notes for whatever the podcast was. So I'll make sure it's in the show notes. But, you know, one of the things I really like about the group is that we do feel really connected here on Satellite Sisters. So it's nice when people can use the group uh, for that. Another thing I want to mention, Jane, this morning. Now, you may notice that we did not mention the the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl uh, on today's show. Uh, But Jane posted in the group that she was going to the parade this morning in Boston. And I just want to say this. One thing we love, Jane, are true fans. You know, even if we're not fans of a particular team, the idea that people are loyal to their team, you know, through the highs and lows, we respect that. So I hope you're off having fun right now at the big parade in Boston. And then Leslie, special, special shout out to Leslie because she posted – uh, pictures of her Satellite Sisters getaway in San Diego. There, there are many details of the story that I love, but she was in San Diego with, these were the women who all lived on the same floor at Purdue their freshman year, which I believe she said was 1986. And so in twos and threes, they've gotten together, but the five of them have not been together for 27 years. Oh, so fun. So we were super happy to see how much fun you were having together, channeling the satellite sisterhood spirit. Uh, If anyone ever has pictures like that that you just want to post in the group of you and your satellite sisters having fun, let's get back to that, shall we? Let's do do that. Good idea. Uh, On the Facebook group. She even, Julie, which I thought this part was very brave, she posts a then and now photo. So 27 years ago and today. Together. I thought they were looking good, Liz. I thought yeah. they were looking good. So that was a, that was a neat picture. Yep. One last thing about the spirit of uh, the Satellite Sisters that I enjoy. They lived on the same floor in a dorm called Earhart, as oh, in oh. Amelia Earhart. So oh, cool. come on. That is great. That must have been really fun. So thank you, Leslie, for posting those. You know, keep them coming. Any listeners who don't just want to show us your good times with your satellite sisters, um, that's that's the best and highest use of Facebook, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, one other thing I want to ask you, Leanne, speaking of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Now, you posted a question about our event on April 22nd. Right. Which is right. in Santa Monica at the Santa Monica Public Library on Saturday um, at 2 p.m., uh, all five sisters will be there to do a little satellite sisters, whatever. Now, what is it that you wanted to know from people? Well, I wanted to know who was actually going to be looking for hotel rooms. I've contacted okay. a travel agent. I'm talking with her this afternoon. So as a question, sometimes if you go for a group rate, you have to guarantee a number of rooms. Again, okay. I'm not a travel professional, right. but she is. So I just wanted to get a sense. And it looked like there was, you know, a dozen or so people who would be looking for hotel room recommendations, flying in. It will be all five sisters. So uh, I will okay. post any travel information I have after I speak to the travel agent today. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah. we're Looking for a ballpark of who might be coming in right. from out of town. Right. Um, it's going to be super fun. Yeah. That's especially now that we have a dance number all choreographed. No, again, Liz, no, that was not. I Do never. Not, don't set that. <laughs> I did not <laughs> sign up for that. You. <laughs> nope. No, no. Nope. Okay. It's going to be good. Whatever we do, though, we'll 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 cook up. Unless all good. four of you dance with me, it will not be me dancing alone. So, no, I think that will kill that idea. Uh, yes, <laughs> so. you have so little rehearsal time together. Uh, 
Okay, great. Well, that's what I want to say. So right. uh, I, I have one more thing. If anyone, I know we have other podcasters that listen to the show. I will be attending PodFest in Orlando, the combination PodFest and PodFusion. And PodFusion is the all-female uh, podcast day that is being produced and executed by um, the girls at She Podcast, Elsie and Jess. So I'm happy to be there. Apparently, I'm getting an award that evening. So... <laughs> Very That's excited. right. Aren't you getting some kind of podcast pioneer? I am, Liz. Award? Yeah, Richly I deserved, Leanne. I don't know all the details, but those years in the closet, you know, pursuing Chaos Chronicles and carrying on uh, apparently have, have yielded something. So I'm looking forward to a trip to Orlando in, um, when is it? It's uh, in a couple of weeks, in February, like the 23rd, 24th, 25th. So um, if you're going to be at PodFest, let me know. I mean, I'm sh- I don't think it's going to be hundreds of people there, but if you're if you're going, I'm going. So maybe we could we could hang. Um, and I am. I'm staying with my friend Chris. You know, our friend Chris from Orlando. Oh, who, great! Yeah, spending a couple nights with him and actually taking and flying in a day early because Chris has been at Disney for many years, and we're going to Disney World. <laughs> it's always good, Lynn. Totally, totally gone. He's already got the fast passes set up. I don't know. He's just, he's, he's, we've got reservations. He's, he's got the, the day plan. He's the best. So it's been a long time since I've done that. So I'm looking forward to that, but I will be at PodFest and PodFusion. And, uh, if you're going to be there, let me know. Okay. Is that All it? right. Well, busy, busy, busy show, busy week. You guys have anything major going on? The anything, anything? No, nope, 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 nope. nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> just continuing my protest against groundhogs i think that will keep me busy yeah okay i'm going back to meditation class tonight we'll see how okay. that goes all right o- operation sea turtle the mindfulness edition um all right so uh thanks for listening please subscribe to our show if you haven't already done that and if you feel motivated leave us a review all of that helps other people find satellite sisters and don't forget call your satellite sister